It's time now for the Christian's Hour. This is TCH. Joyful Christmas to you. Our prayer this Christmas season is that the reminder of the birth of Christ serves to reignite your passion to respond to Christ's love daily and that your hope for eternity will be renewed to dominate your heart and mind. You know what should be the most wonderful time of the year is for some of us overshadowed by stress, anxiety, isolation or loneliness, depression. Sometimes making our way through the holidays, we just need to be reminded what this celebration is all about. So let's pause, take a deep breath, and listen to some good news. Our speaker this month is Ben Kacharis, lead minister with the Mountain Christian Church, Joppa, Maryland. It has been said, happiness comes from what happens to you from without. Joy comes from what is within. Real joy comes from a relationship with the God who designed you to walk in His joy. So it should be no surprise that the coming of Jesus continues to be news of great joy. Here's Ben to explain. Merry Christmas, my friends. My name's Ben. Just want to say welcome. Is anybody like up for some good news? I don't know that we've ever been more ready to hear some tidings of comfort and joy than maybe we are right now, right? And so for this, every week, we've been kind of going back to this time in the first century, which was a dark time. It was a time of uncertainty and struggle. Um, and we've been visiting with these shepherds. They're, they're kind of um, cut off from everyone and everything. They were distanced from God. And you know what? They couldn't even go to the temple you know, because of their, their situation. So in other words, God made his appearance to people just like us in a dark time who are struggling just like them. And what God did is he lit up the night sky with that message. You remember the message from the angels. It's Luke chapter two, verse 10 and 11. The angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you and he is Messiah, Christ, the Lord. And so we light this last and central white Christ candle today as a reminder of how Jesus, our Lord, has in fact come. And he has entered our darkness. He is the cause of our great joy. And in fact, that's the word that I want us to focus on a little bit today. And it is this word joy. We really need to talk about joy more than ever in the middle of all of our discouragement. So let me, let me ask you a question. Are you happier this Christmas than last Christmas? And you know what else is important? I'm guessing a lot of us would probably say, no, I'm not necessarily happier. But we need to remember the huge difference between happiness and joy, right? Turns out the Bible isn't really even that interested in the word happiness. Did you know that? It only talks about it like 27 times. But the word joy is in there like over 300 times. One of those is when it's shouted to those shepherds, because I think God wants to also shout to us that there is something so much better than happiness for us. I heard someone say one time, happiness is about what happens, 
right? Think about that. Happiness is tied to our circumstances. So it's a feeling that fluctuates based on how things are going, right? So when you, you hit the pinata and it turns out to be a hornet's nest, and when all this bad stuff happens, a lot of us could say we're out of happiness. But joy is bigger and deeper and stronger. Joy is anchored deep inside of you so that no matter what's happening on the outside, you still have this deep and abiding sense of, of, of like security and thankfulness and hope and confidence that comes from just trusting God. It's why Nehemiah 8 can say, the joy of the Lord is your strength. There's strength in joy. You know, you know, he's talking to people there who are also hurting and, and broken and really upset. And he says, I'm sorry, I'm sure you're not very happy right now, but you can turn to the Lord and still have joy right now. And that will give you strength. And I just know that some of us need that message right now. We need strength and we need joy. We need what Paul in the New Testament found. And he's in prison, cut off from everybody, facing almost certain death. Really bad situation, but he says in Philippians 4, he says, always be full of what? Joy in the Lord. I say it again, he says, rejoice. And to the Thessalonians, he simply said it this way, be joyful always. So, so happiness is about what happens. And that means you can only be happy some of the time, right? But you can be joyful always. Now, we, I just want to also want to say, we got to be really clear that we're not talking about just some kind of, you know, shallow, fake, cheesy Christian grin that you put on and put your head in the sand and don't pay any attention to real pain or the injustices of the world. Don't feel any sorrow. It's like, no, 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 no. Because those feelings of loss and sadness, they're real and it's okay. In fact, we need to step into those times of, of lament and, and embrace our grief. Take it all to the Lord because that's actually when we can begin to experience the most amazing thing that the Bible's talking about. That even in the middle of sorrow and discouragement, you can still have joy in the Lord. So maybe the best question we could really ask is not, are, are you happier than you were last year? But do you have joy this Christmas? Do you have joy? Like my friend Chuck, he's got Parkinson's, right? It's slowly taking things away from him. And he told me the other day he can't play tennis anymore. And I was like, geez, how, how you doing with that, Chuck? And he's like, oh, I'm so blessed. And I'm so thankful. God's goodness is so big in my life. You know, you know, I don't know that he's happy about everything, but nothing's going to take that man's joy away. I said to George the other day, how's your business? He's like, oh, it's been a horrible year. Nobody's coming in. Cash is tight. It's really rough. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, George. How are you doing with all that? He's like, oh, well, it's not been easy, but I'm so blessed by God. He's forgiven me and I'm so thankful. I've got the joy of the Lord. See, see, that's what it looks like, friends. And, and, and even with things aren't happy and your happenings are bad, you can have that deep abiding, like inner strength called joy. And you know what? Here's what I think. I, see if you agree with me. I think when you meet someone that has that real joy, you can tell. You can tell because they're, they're not rattled and shaken the way other people are by everything. And you know what else? When joy is inside a person, it eventually comes out. It makes the way to the face. You smile once in a while. And eventually it comes out the mouth because people with joy in the Lord aren't always the ones griping and complaining about their job and the government and posting negative stuff all over social media, spewing stuff all over everyone because their words are more life-giving. It's a dead giveaway. 
And joy works its way out your hands and your feet because you can't help but want to serve and bless other people because you know that the more you give yourself away, the more you find deep joy. If you're just looking to be happy, then just go sit and put your feet up. But if you want joy, you serve, you see, and you can have that kind of joy. And let me, let me let you in on it. It all starts with Jesus. Happiness is about what happens. Joy is about Jesus. And that was kind of the whole point, if you follow the angel announcement, right? Good news of great joy. Why? Because a Savior has come. It's a rescuer. Someone who's come to love us and be with us and comfort us and, and save us and forgive us. And it's Jesus Christ, the Lord. Look at the way Jesus says it himself in John chapter 15. He says this to all of us. He says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you. It's like a joy transplant can happen. Jesus is a joy donor. He wants to give you his joy so that your joy may be complete. Now think about this. Jesus said those words hours before he was going to be executed. He's facing horrible circumstances. He can't be happy about it, but here he is dishing out joy. How is that possible? Well, here's how. He was deeply connected with the Father. And he says, you stay connected to me like that. Remain in me, abide in me like a vine connected to a branch and you will draw from me a deep and lasting and sustaining joy that anything can ever take away. We got to figure that out. We got to figure out that that kind of joy is available. What the Bible says, all people, that means for you and for me, for everyone. Or as the song that we sing says, joy to the world, right? Joy to the world. About... um, 300 years ago, is a guy named Isaac Watts. He was so moved by a passage of scripture and he wrote a whole bunch of hymns. You'd know some of them if I named them for you. Some of you old timer church people. But what's interesting is he wrote this song based on this passage and it wasn't about the birth of Jesus at all. It, it, it was about the time when Jesus comes back a second time, not as a baby in a manger, but when he returns to earth as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so Watts bases it all on Psalm 98. You should go read it sometime. And it's talking about that future day. It's going to be amazing. Look at Psalm 98. It says things like this. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Joy to the world. Burst into jubilant song with music. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. And verse 7 talks about let the sea resound and everything in it. And you get this picture. He goes on to talk about how the mountains start getting into the dance and they're clapping their hands and, and the rivers are singing along. And so he just, he just loves this image of when Jesus comes back and, and just says joy to the world. Well, over a hundred years later, another guy named Lowell Mason says, hey, that's pretty good stuff. And he puts it to music. And he gets it published and it comes out during the Christmas season. So everyone associated it with Christmas time. And today it remains the most published Christmas carol in the country. Now, if you think about the words, you'll probably hear echoes of that Psalm 98 coming through. Can you hear it? Joy to the world, the Lord has come, right? Let earth receive her king and let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing, right? Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men and women their songs employ while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. So how do we find that kind of joy? Well, I'll tell you, this song is like jam-packed with some powerful biblical answers. And we're going to look at a couple because I think we all could use some help getting some Jesus joy. Look at the last verse. 
Last verse says, he rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness. And then it ends with these words, and the wonders of his love. The last word of this song is love because joy begins with God's wondrous love. Look how Jesus says it again in John chapter 15. He says, as the father has loved me, so now I have loved you and now you remain in that love. So love comes from God through Jesus to us. He says, don't remain in it. Don't run away. Stop trying to pursue, you know, happiness on your own. It's going to leave you empty. Trust me and stay with me. And he says, why have I told you this? So that your joy may be complete. So Jesus woos us with his love. If you want genuine joy, you got to know that, that Jesus woos us. He's trying to draw us. Now think about this. Is there anything more amazing than when you realize someone really and truly loves you? Like when, I mean, we crave this in life. We need it to know that we're cherished and valued by someone. And this is, this is the amazing grace and radical love and forgiveness of God. The wondrous love of Jesus right there. And we try to find that kind of love in other people. And sometimes you might get a taste of it from someone if you're lucky. But human love will always leave us disappointed. If you're trying to base your joy on getting other people to love you like that, you're probably in trouble because that kind of happiness doesn't always happen and it certainly won't last. Now, here's a painful story for you. There was a woman named Elizabeth Singer. And she loved the writing of Isaac Watts. She was drawn to uh, his brilliant mind and they began to write these letters back and forth and they fall in love as they're corresponding. So they started talking marriage and uh, she finally travels to visit him. But when she saw him and what he looked like physically, and he was apparently not a very handsome guy with like a big head and a crooked nose and she couldn't get over it. And she walked away from the relationship and he never again sought the companionship of a woman the rest of his life. It kind of breaks your heart, doesn't it? And it broke his heart. I mean, it, put that in your Hallmark Christmas movie pipe and smoke it, right? Okay, but get this. That same rejected man is the same one who went on to write about joy to the world that's not based on human love, but the wonders of his love, which is something no one can take away from you. God will never take it away. And I know some of us are hurting, feeling especially lonely, you know, because maybe you're cut off from loved ones or someone died or someone rejected you. But remember, God is wooing you with his love. You know, some years ago, Nike ran a unique ad. You know, a lot of people said the ad was too weird and jarring. They didn't get it. But the key is in the song, isn't it? When Joe Cocker says, you're so beautiful to me, because... To these athletes, you know, the wrestler with a mangled cauliflower ear and the shark bite and the blind eye and the, and the bull rider and all that, their, their injuries are beauty marks. They're not what you'd call pretty, but to them and their fans, these, these people are beautiful because of their scars. Because beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And see, that's, that's exactly how God's love and grace works toward us. As he woos us with the same sort of jarring, strange love for people like you and me. Because we... We know how ugly we are and all the scars and wounds we've got. And I think a lot of us are convinced that if, if Jesus really got up close and saw what we really look like, 
like who I am and what I've done. There's no way he'd want anything to do with me. But the good news of great joy is that God does know everything about you and he still wants you. God made you, God loves you, God sent his son to die on a cross to forgive every sin and heal every flaw and wound and ugly part of you. Because Jesus now looks right at us, broken and scarred and sings, you are so beautiful to me. That's why God sent Jesus, to woo you with his love. And when you come to truly understand and accept that you are the object of Jesus' deepest affection and sacrificial commitment, it brings deep joy. To find real joy, you got to know that Jesus woos you with his love. Remember also this, that Jesus wins in the end, because that will bring you great joy. And that's what the song is all about, right? It's about the day when Jesus comes back and he's in his victory. And uh, you, you keep your eye on that day, because however bad or awful it seems right now, you know, Jesus comes back and he wins. No more let sin and sorrow grow, it says, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. See, it's all talking about the fall when humans rejected God and, and not just, you know, we got a curse on us, not just like from, you know, thorns and childbirth, but like everything about the earth and the way the world works is like this aftermath of this toxic waste fallout of sin, right? There's a curse and it feels like sin and sorrow is growing. Every case of divorce and addiction and uh, abandonment and insecure, selfish thought, all of it, everything that's wrong with the world is a result of sin and it infests every inch of the earth and every corner of our hearts. And the song reminds us of the truth that one day Jesus comes back in victory and all of it is put to rights. And we say joy to the world because the Lord has come and the same Jesus who rose to destroy death and fear will return. And when he does, he reverses the curse. And in its place, instead of a curse on everything, now he brings his blessings and it flows all over. Where does it flow? Where does it flow? Far as the curse is found. And so that blessing starts now from God. And you can know that however dark and bad it feels right now, Jesus is still in charge and he's going to win. And in the meantime, you can call out for his blessings even now and he will share them. So let me ask you, you know, another question. You know, where do you need Jesus to bring blessing to you? What are you struggling with? Maybe it's a sin or, or a hurt or where you feel like you're cursed. Something that's robbing your joy. Remember, Jesus wins one day and he wants to bless and help and heal you today. And that gives you great joy. Jesus woos you with his love and he Wins in the end. And finally, you know what? Jesus waits for you to receive him. He's waiting. He's waiting on all of us right now. And this is really the critical key to finding what I would say is lasting and true joy. Think about how the song ends. It goes like this. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her, con her, her king. And then that first verse says, let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. Real joy happens when you receive Jesus as your king. Like that means like your leader, the boss of you, 
when you truly prepare room in your life, like on the throne of your heart for him. Have you done that? Do you need to do it again? You know, a lot of people try to get the kind of joy that God gives, but they want to do it without Jesus. So, you know, a lot of people, they chase after some temporary pleasures and you can get some stuff, you know, money can buy you some comfort and you can get some thrills and chills here and there. But how quickly things that we trust in can be taken away. Just like that, it's all gone, right? So not everybody receives Christ, right? Not everybody has his peace. So Jesus, Jesus said this in, uh, in, John, in John chapter one, it says, he came to that which was his own, but his own, even some of his own did not receive him. But to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And the children of God, I'm telling you what, they're joy-filled people. They're the ones who've heard the wooing of his love. They're the ones that want to be with him when he wins as king. And so what are you going to do? Jesus says, I stand at the door and I knock and he's waiting. If you just opened the door and welcomed Jesus more fully into your life, is there something that you need to change maybe so that your heart can better welcome Christ more fully today? You know, um, with so much bad news, I was just glad when I ran across this super feel-good story the other day. What, can I share a super feel-good story with you? So this is mom and her two-year-old named Cohen. They ordered pizza. And this delivery guy named Ryan shows up and he delivers it. And then something really special happened. And they captured it on their doorbell video. So check it out. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy. Have a good night. Their pizza money exchange was caught on camera. And it's priceless. Enjoy pizza. And as Ryan was walking away, my son just bolted past me, ran out the door and put his arms up and just gave Ryan a big hug, which Ryan just, you know, leaned into. It was really cute, really sweet. My son even tried to give him a kiss. <laughs> yeah, big aww, right? Right? How cute is that? But here, here, it actually gets better. When his mom posted the video on social media, Ryan saw it and they started to talk. And that's when he told her that his own daughter had died just the week before. And he was obviously really struggling with that. And he told some friends just that day, what I missed most right now is her hugs. So, so here's this hollowed out guy, you know, smiling on the outside, hurting on the inside, grinding through his shift, delivering pizzas. And all of a sudden this little child reaches out with a hug. And he said, it's just what I needed at just the right time. And I, and I, think, I think the reason that story kind of gets you right here is because we recognize the echo of God's invitation to us. We, we, we resonate with the story because it's so closely connected to the truth of what God's done at Christmas, right? Because we all know we're all struggling like that guy, to, trying to get through where we're doing the best we can, hurting on the inside, some of us grinding through our days. And, and God has sent a child to bring just what we need at just the right time. And Jesus is not like, you know, some kind-hearted kid. He's the Savior who brings more than a quick hug of happiness, but an eternal embrace of love, which is exactly what we need and can provide a deep and satisfying joy. And I pray that you find that joy in your life through the love of Jesus Christ. And I know some of you are like, you're just trying to get away from him, trying to get off the porch, trying to get on with your life without him and find some happiness outside of Jesus. But, you know, maybe today everything changes. 
You've been looking, waiting for joy. We all have. Well, joy to the world, it's come. And a child is reaching toward you right now. Christmas to you and yours from the Christian's Hour and Gospel Broadcasting Mission. Here now is the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20, New International Version, 1974. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Now this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was a governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Luke 2, 1-20 Scripture from the New International Version, 1974. 
Our thanks to Ben Kacharis and his reminder of how to find joy, even when. Good news of great joy is what the angel called the announcement of Jesus' coming. And the news, the joy, was for all of us, not just a few. It was for all the people. Jesus has come. He has bridged the gap that our sin created between us and God. How will you respond? If you'd like a free copy of today's program, or if you'd like to find out more about how we're using radio to share Christ's love to people around the world, go to thechristianshour.org. That's thechristianshour.org. If you'd like a free copy on CD, just call us, 515-770-2241. That's 515-770-2241. When you call, leave your name and mailing address. You'll also find us on the Internet at oneplace.org, iTunes, and Google Play. I'm program host Stan Smelser, and on behalf of the staff, volunteers, and donors that make this broadcast possible, Merry Christmas, and we hope your Christmas is truly joyful. We also hope you'll join us next week for another edition of TCH. TCH.